Welcome back, mamas. Today, we have one of my sweet friends on here. Her name is Lori, and she is a mother of 10, yes, 10 kids that she birthed. Wow. Her and her husband have been married for almost 30 years, um, and she's just going to talk a little bit about motherhood, her story, and one of her um, marriage hurdles that they've they've had in their marriage and how they've overcome that. And we believe that this topic is very sensitive, um, but we know that a lot of men um, and women deal with this in their marriage. So we are so excited for you guys to hear her story. So with that... And we do want to make a quick note, this um, podcast might have sensitive material, so if you have a little kid in the car, um, it's up to you. Uh, You can determine whether or not they listen to it. Um, But first, before jumping into it, Lori, how in the world do you handle 10 kids? (laughs) Well, currently, I only handle about six or seven, but uh, some are married and have grandkids. But I don't know. I look back, and I was in survival mode for many years, so... Uh, yeah, it's a whirlwind. It's actually funny because I remember so much like um, when I first met her at our church, we met through our church um, and I was talking to her one day and I was like, how did you do this? And she was like, honestly, I just don't remember the first eight years. And I started laughing. And I thought she was joking. And she's like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty true. Ten kids. Um Do you realize at some point you have to let go of things in order to survive? Are there any tips or tricks for anybody that has that many kids or even more than five kids? It just seems incredibly insane as a mother. Well, yeah, I let a lot of things go, like laundry. I just throw them in baskets and things like that. But I've had to trust God with them because I cannot physically worry about where they're at here or there everywhere because there's so many to keep track of. So... (laughs) I just have to trust that he'll take care of them. So that's been a good faith adventure. So good. All right. So yeah, if you want to jump in to the big topic that we're going to be talking about today, I'll let you just take it from here. Okay. So my husband and I met actually on a mission trip overseas. To, uh, Uzbekistan was the name of the country. And we we met in June and got married one year later two days after he graduated college, and about two years into our marriage. Um, so I never thought, you know, he looked at anybody but me. He was he never showed, you know, he never looked at another girl that I could ever tell. And um, two years into our marriage, we went camping one weekend, and he told me all about his sin with pornography and how he had looked at that. And I didn't really understand it all, but I was pretty devastated And, um, you know, had thoughts of, am I going to get divorced or what's going to happen? And that weekend, we really worked through some things and started just talking about it. And, you know, I was learning how to forgive him. Of course, I I withheld from him for a long time. I was not going (laughs) to be intimate or anything. And and we just slowly worked through it. Um, I would say over the next maybe 15 years probably. Um, Every year or two, he would come to me and tell me, you know, he stumbled again and was involved in it again. And so it was like this cycle of he'd do well for a while, and then um, he'd fall back in. And I would like ask him questions when it first happened, you know, trying to keep him accountable. And then he would just, then I'd forget and life would go on. And so 
about 15 years in, we went to a revival thing at church, and that's when he really learned like the grace of God and that he he's like a somewhat of a high achiever. And so he always could do well, it. Well, he's a doctor. Yes. <laughs> and he scored like 800 on his math, SAT and everything, So, which is perfect score. Okay. So, yeah. And so he was able, he was... He was always able to like do everything on his own, like achieve anything he wanted to, but he could not conquer this sin of pornography until he totally gave it up to God and realized it had to be God that did it in his life, that he could not do it. And so that's when things changed, and he really, in the last 15 years, I think that early on, maybe about year six into that 15-year period, he did slide back for about two weeks, and then he confessed that, and there was more learning that he had to do through that about accountability. He meets with a a men's group every week, um, and he has been for about, I don't know, 20, 25 years, he's been meeting with them. So, um, yeah, that's in a nutshell. (laughs) So do you know, is is there um, a point of where it all started or why this has been so difficult? Um, yeah, for him it started, um, he was, I don't know, 12 or 13, and a church kid showed him some magazines that his dad had. And, you know, um, he didn't really have much access until he got to college and then started having more freedom. And back then it was magazines, and maybe movies, but not um, the access that there is now. And so into our marriage, as as digital came into the world, then he was able to find opportunities, I guess, different places on computers and whatever. Um, And we would put restrictions on different things, but then, you know, he'd still struggle at times. So it really wasn't until that 15 years ago that he really kind of I would say found victory even though it's not complete he like Mm -hmm. I can't ever trust him like he doesn't want me to ever fully trust him but I don't like hound him and check on him all the time and you know I I do trust him I just don't fully trust him so if he started coming home late every night and like there would be bells going off in my head like what's going like if behavior changed I would I then would start checking, you know, so he knows that he he doesn't want me to fully trust him. He wants to, for me to have some doubt so that he can't get away with it because he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he doesn't want to. And that's what was helped me to have compassion on him is when he would come to me, he was very um, broken over his sin. And so many women, um, they find out, they catch their husband. So many women I've known, I never have caught my husband. He's mm-hmm. he's confessed every time to me. So I knew he wanted change. Mm-hmm. And so that's the hard thing that I deal with women. That's like, did you really want to stop? Or is it just because you got caught? So, yeah. um, But, you know, I think ultimately they don't want to do it. They tell themselves, I'm never going to do this again. This is the last time. And then it just, I don't know if you've ever dealt with like a sin that's like an addiction, but you um, have this, you know, it just, it eats at you and eats at you. And then at some point you're just give into it because you don't want to deal with the battle anymore. And and then you're good for a while, and then it comes back. It's like a cyclical 
thing. So, how did it make you feel personally? I mean, did you feel rejected or any? Yeah, like, what were your so, feelings? Yeah, I felt like you know I wasn't good enough, pretty enough. Um, why? Why would he need to ever look at another woman? You know, like what's wrong with me? Um, we went to Chicago early on after he confessed, um, early in the early days, we went to Chicago one weekend and he's like, I'm going to squeeze your hand every time I'm tempted. And it was, it was eye opening. I was like, Oh my goodness. It was like constant, like every, just walking down the street, the woman here, woman there. And he would have to like divert his eyes. And it was just that con. And if you've been in the pornography, when you first come out, it's a lot stronger temptations than if you've been out of it for a while, you know. So I would imagine if we went down the streets of Chicago, he would be tempted, but it wouldn't be like it was when he first stopped doing it. So, um, but yeah, it, it just makes you feel like, well, angry, um, especially like the lying, like you had this time and you took it from me because you were doing this on your own and you know you could have been home with me and that kind of thing so anger and hurt and and yeah when I first found out I was devastated after a while it was just like seriously (laughs) like again (laughs) when are you ever gonna get you know it's like a sinking feeling when he starts to come to you and starts confessing that and fortunately I haven't had to deal with that in a long time but um we still talk about it, and um, a lot of it, we went through this, um, it was kind of a intense, like, psycho, not psychotherapy, but it was like a psychological, spiritual discipleship group or whatever, and we got down to kind of some of the roots of this, and there's, a lot of times, there's some kind of wounds in the man's heart or woman that is that they're turning to pornography to try to you know fill that and so for him it was it had to do with some of his childhood and raising up raising and when we first looked into it he didn't see that because he had great parents who raised him in a great way and and he felt um he felt like they did a great job, but when we looked deeper into it, there were some issues that was like, okay, okay, that's, we can see now where some of that um, brokenness came from. Right, well, that's just like with any sin, really, even if you look at, I don't know, anything like alcoholics or, you know, any sin across the board, I feel like you can look at it, especially with addiction or like, um, you know, terrible things as a child like molestation or whatever if you look at the predators or who like usually it's a cycle so it like it's like you could say like how could someone do something like that and then they look back and you're like that happened to them as a child or you know different things like that I think that's how sin is it's really us trying to fill a void with something that is not God and so we're seeking that um you know whatever that may be whether it's but when we when he had first heard about that he was like no I don't think there's anything there I don't think there's any like reason I just see a pretty woman and I'm like it's God put it in us to Mm -hmm. be attracted to each other like he didn't realize that there was a deeper thing that he was turning to pornography to try to 
to soothe that like a drug or you know and it is it is like a drug it's that addicting yeah and i think too there's a book i was trying to um i cannot remember the name of it um i think it's like something about how how men think it's a christian book but it is an eye-opener of god made men so visual and a lot of times women can i don't know we can um like what is the word I'm looking for, like degrade men and be like, oh, that's disgusting or, you know, um, like beat them down because they are so visual. But we have to remember like that is how God made them. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're just a lot different than them. So sometimes we cannot relate or even understand like, you know, we're not, women aren't as visually tempted as men. And so it's just like a whole different thing that we just, our brains don't work like that. And so it's really hard to understand, but there's been some books, um, the, I think it's the way men think. And then, um, also there's a book, it's called only for men. And then there's only for women. And it's, well, all of these books are Christian based, but the only for men and only for women, like you're supposed to read them, you know, the opposite sex or whatever reads one. And it gives insight on how the brain works. And, um, me and Jonathan did these books. I've talked about them a lot and we like swapped and read each one, but it really opened my eyes into just, how like I just I guess I just was so naive or like I just didn't know how visual they were Mm -hmm. and how their brains works and it was just really like mind-opening for me um so it can it's something that we can think you know look down on them or say like how could you do that it doesn't tempt us Mm -hmm. but it's like they're wired completely differently and they're you know they naturally like that and Jonathan will just say just like how um you know, men really like cars. Usually women aren't like breaking their necks. Like when they see, right, Oh, did right. you see that Ferrari or mm-hmm. like whatever going yeah. by? It's like something's in them wired that way. And they are very visual. And so I can see how on top of having that, but then on top of it, having the addiction to porn, mm-hmm. how that would be like such a hard walk. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's just hard for mm-hmm. men in general. Yeah. If they're trying to be a loyal, faithful husband to, mm-hmm. um, you know, not. Yeah. And something my husband does a lot of, he counsels with a lot of people that are trying to get out of pornography, uh, men. And, of course, women deal with it quite more than they used to as mm-hmm. well. But yeah. he doesn't deal with women. He deals with men. But anyway, he always asks them the question, are you willing to do what it takes? Because it might mean throwing out your computer, not using your phone, giving total access to someone else about your phone and so like he's done that like he did not he for a long time right now we have covenant eyes but for a long time he could not go anywhere on the internet without me approving it mm-hmm. so you know and once I approved it then he could go to that particular site so I didn't have to continually approve that site but um it meant when he was out and someone said oh can you look this up he'd be like sorry I don't have oh, access man. yeah you know? and he was totally fine I mean he, he would tell anybody you know yeah. I, I I don't have that I have that protection on my phone so um and he's not super tech savvy either and he so he's not like one that's trying to always get around whatever walls because I feel like you can put up all the walls but if their heart isn't in it if they really don't want to stop it won't they'll give they'll find a way exactly I I mean yeah you can make it so it's not easy 
for right. them. And that something else I wanted to kind of talk about is like your kids, because mm-hmm. like we have been on our kids with this topic, mm-hmm. but we've also allowed them to have phones when they can afford them. And we put the same restrictions on, but, um, one of my sons, um, before it was like a two week period before I got those restrictions on, which it was my fault. I should have done it. But in that two week period, he found some things yeah. and he has had to battle that. Mm-hmm. So, and he, he, I think he does fine now. And I have the same covenant eyes on his phone and he really so hasn't had I a problem. Pause you? Is covenant yeah. eyes like a program that just protects where you go on the internet? It, it's fairly new to me, but the way I understand it is they continually monitor what what you're looking at. So if okay. there's anything questionable, they send you like an email. Gotcha. And they takes it takes shots of what you're looking at. So I can wow. go back and look at whatever like my son is looking at okay. and I can see, "Oh, he's been looking at soccer videos and, you know." Yeah. And it it also says all clear or question, you know, there's yeah. a question here and so far, nothing's come up yet, but we also have Net Nanny as well. But that's because we're, we're it's kind of overlapping right now. We're planning on just doing Covenant Eyes. Okay. But yeah, it's supposed to block and also Screen, okay. screenshot that's awesome. that's things. That's a good resource. And, yes. Okay. So continue with that story. Sorry. Um, so anyway, it's just, you know, like you can't let your guard down, like, for a moment because they're I mean there's they can be so innocent we watched a Christian movie and it had a stripper in it and it was totally like PG you know mm-hmm. it was kind of like and then the 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 Christian guy in the movie was like no I don't want this and walked away but my son was like what's a stripper <laughs> so he googles what's a stripper oh, gosh yeah. and that's what innocently you know he got into and it was just two weeks and but still, it, and, and I had another son that, that would, he wasn't into the full-blown pornography, but on YouTube or anything, there's just stuff you can yes. get to. Yeah. And it's just everywhere. And so it you just got to be on them and be aware and not be naive and be like, well, my son wouldn't do that. Right. Like, he's not. He totally wouldn't do that. You yeah. Know? Well, I even told our one of our sons who's – pretty young but I'm pretty just open and blunt with my kids about a lot of things because I feel like if you beat around the bush they're like what what you know they question it but so he was you know young not into that yet and he um wanted to do I think YouTube shorts or something and I was like nobody like you could see something he's like mom I'm not gonna look for that right right listen I'm not worried about you looking for it I'm worried that it pops up and I was like and there's so many men that are boy young boys that were not looking for that they see that and then Mm -hmm. suddenly that sin overtakes them right and it has a grip on you and then that can lead into your marriage i went into this whole in depth about like Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's not them looking for it it's a friend shows them or something pops Mm -hmm. up and um michael todd he's a uh, pastor do you know michael todd have you ever heard of him no he's awesome but he talks about his addiction to pornography and um, he's overcome it, obviously, but he was younger and he was five years old and he's sitting on a bed mm-hmm. and a bad part of a movie popped up that he wasn't even watching and he said it like gripped him and yeah. he struggled with that for years. And so once I said that, he was like, you know, his face was just kind of like, okay, okay well, I yeah. guess I won't watch YouTube shorts or, you yeah. know, but it's hard because they think 
well, I'm not going to look for right. that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, no matter how much you try to warn them and tell them, mm-hmm. they're kids and they don't always make the best choices. But yeah. And, you know, that's why we're there to kind of guide them yeah. and be aware of what they're looking at, be on their phones. I have I have passwords to both my kids' phones. That, well, my I have them to all my kids' phones, but I really only look at the ones that aren't. They're under 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once they yeah. hit 18, that you know, yeah, they're an adult. Yeah. And um, hopefully you've done what you can and, you yeah. know, trust that they'll make the right choices. So anyway, and they have wives and or or fiancé yeah. above that, you know. So it's kind of on them. So yeah. Yeah. at that point. He's yours now. Yes. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So it sounds like to me you've had a ton of grace through this, and I'm sure you're going to point it back to God, but walk us through, I don't know, just maybe the forgiveness piece. And like you said, you are you said you might not ever fully trust him. I mean, is that okay in your marriage? Do you feel like you have a good marriage despite that? Uh, yeah, I do. I feel like we have a great marriage. Um, he might tell you it's 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 good. <laughs> it might not be. I'm usually more the optimism one in, in our marriage, but um, we're all, he's all, we're all both tra- striving to do to spend more time together, to be more intentional. And there's been times in our lives where we're just going along, living parallel lives, and we kind of were like, we need to do something to bring us back, and we'll do like marriage ministry and that kind of thing, and. Um, gets us talking about our marriage and stuff. So anyway, the the forgiveness for me is just realizing that I'm a sinner and I do things that are bad and wrong and, and God's forgiven me and I have, I have to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible's pretty clear that we're called to forgive. So um, now do I say, do I give him complete trust? No. Because we can't just be like, well, you know, I'll just forgive you and let you keep doing whatever, you know, yeah. and I'll forgive you then again. Right. You know, we have to. So I, if he wasn't repentant, broken, and he was continually yeah. getting caught, and there would be much bigger consequences to where I might be like, um, you got to go figure this out or, you know, yeah. you need some serious help or, you know, whatever. I and I've seen that. I've seen yeah. where the wife keeps catching them, and it's like, what do you do? And at some point, you kind of have to say, I can't keep letting you abuse me this way, basically, you know, yeah. or whatever. And so, but I mean, I've seen God do some amazing things in people's lives to bring them back, but both have got to be willing, as the man's got to be willing to do what it takes, really. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it comes down to. And a lot of women don't want to know, like, the details of things. And um, so that's, like, individual. Like, some are okay. You just have your men's accountability. Tell them about your problems. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. It's just painful. Um, I'm, I'm used, I don't take it personal. I realize that it's not. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. It's that he has this real struggle. And he doesn't love this person that's picture of a person he doesn't love them he likes the fact that she looks like she wants he she wants him he wants to be wanted Mm -hmm. yeah and and that is appealing to him and so um but but he doesn't have a relationship with her right you know like he does with me so um yeah i guess understanding that it's not 
it's not a matter of his that he doesn't love me. Yeah. So did it ever affect your physical relationship with him? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would be like, I'm not ready to get back with you in that way for a while. I mean, usually it wouldn't be very long because then I would have the concern that yeah. he would might struggle more. Right. So usually just a couple of days. The first time might have been longer, but... Um, but yeah, it's but then it takes a while to really like let yourself yeah be more intimate. I mean, you can be part of that process, but you can also kind of check out. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it 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 takes some time to heal those wounds. But I mean, I would say now I don't. There have been times when I think, is he thinking about somebody else? But I don't think about that. And that's some that comes down to prayer, mm-hmm. trusting yeah. God, saying, God, help me, help my thoughts, help take, help me to take captive my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because they're not of God. They're not, they're not pure, you know, yeah. to think, well, what's he thinking about? And is he thinking about me? Yeah. And right. so. And then I, it's I just, almost sometimes you can. You know, he might not even be thinking of that at all. So right, then you're right. like planting. So then yeah. Satan just using you against yourself. Yeah. And it's you just creating. have to believe yeah. the best. And like it, like I said, it's been easier for me because cause people are always like, how did you do it? How can you? But like he was broken. Mm-hmm. When you see someone before you who's broken over their sin and is like, I don't want to do this. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I just, I guess it's Jesus in me that has compassion to say, yeah, let's do this. I want to help you. I want our marriage to be strong and good and pure. And I want you to be able to have that. So, Yeah, definitely. Do you think you would have struggled with it more if you would have been the one catching him I and did. not him coming to you? Yeah, I think that there would be the constant question of, did he really want to stop? Was he really yeah. ready? Is he still trying to think about how he can get access yeah. You know, that would be I don't question that. I I believe things might come up and he might say and it's it comes when he's more stressed, when he's under stress. Uh-huh. Um kind of like a lot of things we turn yeah, to the things say, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that that might give us some comfort. So certainly when he's stressed more than I know he's tempted more and he comes to me and you know he says that I I'm being tempted more. Um, but so those temptations come up at times, but with him not, with knowing that he's not out there looking for it, mm-hmm. trying to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to somehow put up these walls to keep him from it. Like it's a, some kind of a game. Um, it, that's what, that does help me quite a bit. Well, so. And two, I'm sure it's not easy. I think um, the fact that he can come to you and confide in you is like huge um, because I think for a lot of women, it'd be easy to, you know, when he confesses like, hey, I'm being tempted or I feel this way or, um, you know, to feel offended and to get upset and then maybe get Mm -hmm. um, mad at them or like frustrated and then project that onto them. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he can do that with you is... Yeah, I'm sure an amazing. And I think it helps knowing he has his buddies that he can talk to. That it's not personal. I don't take it personal. As I said before, that 
so when he's tempted, it's like any of us when we're tempted. I'm like, well, how did you do? And he's like, oh, I did fine. I mean, that's a victory, you know, like he's and what he does and what he's teaching our kids to do, because even though um, like one of our sons hasn't actually looked at anything, he still struggles in that area of of sexuality. And he has learned to text his dad and say, pray for me right now. And it, he goes and does something else, and he's he finds victory just mm-hmm. by in the moment saying, I'm struggling right now. And so my yeah. husband's done that with his buddies, and it makes a huge impact. To, it takes away the – when you try to keep it secret, yep. it's when it keeps gnawing at you. But when you bring it into the light, yeah. it, it takes that power away, and, and then you're able to move on. And so that's – that's been a great thing as well that just popped into my head. Yeah, no, that, is, that makes so much sense because it's like when you're hiding stuff, but if you just bring it out, it's like Satan can't tempt that. Yeah. Tempt you anymore yeah. because you're willing to tell, you know, you're saying yeah. something, so you're confessing it. So it's like it disarms, armors. I was um, telling him. a friend the other day, a couple of friends, um, we're not eating sugar right now. And so I'm like, it's like I need to say, okay, people, I'm only eating one of these. Do not let me eat another one. (laughs) And if I do that, it's like that accountability. It takes it away. Like, I'm not even going to be tempted. But if I don't say anything, that is going to be gnawing at me Mm -hmm. until I might finally give in and say, okay, I'll just have another one. Yeah. (laughs) You know, whereas if I just Say it out front. This is what I want. So let's just put it out there and you all help me with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So say there's another woman out there going through this. Uh, Maybe it's the first time that they've discovered their husband or significant others doing it. Um, I I loved what you said about you being calm and, and working through it. Because like Samantha was saying, if you had a harsh tone and got angry and stormed out every time, would he have the courage or the desire to even come to you over that. So I feel like that's like step one in the playbook. That was so beautiful and so much grace there. But if you have somebody out there that hasn't walked through it, is there things that helped you or what maybe you could have even done different previously um, that you could say to them? Um, hmm. I would say talking to others about it. I don't remember having anybody to talk to about it all those years ago. I don't, I think I just had to deal with it myself it wasn't that I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just didn't know anybody. Yeah. And same with my husband. He didn't have any accountability back then. He had no one. And for a long, long time, we were leading a Sunday school class. He would say, hey, I struggle with this. Anybody else? And nobody would come forward. Wow. And actually, one of the guys that he meets with regularly now um, and has for years, um, he was in that class. And he did not oh. come forward. He just I mean, wasn't ready. What but a he vulnerable was, we knew. situation <laughs> yeah. to be in. And you no, I mean he's done. He shared his testimony. He's done things up in uh-huh. front, and then he he tried to uh, do a class on it um, years ago at a different church. And like he remembers, one guy popped. Like nobody would show up, and one guy popped his head in and said, "Good job, like what you're doing there." But you know, <laughs> it was just kind of like, huh? Yeah. So so many men are just like not really at the point of like yeah. being done with it. Right. To get like, to get help. Yeah, but being a- I would say if someone's finding out that their husband is involved in it, I would say um, get counsel, counsel from people who have been there. Um, 
just to hear other people's perspectives, to hear that it's not the end of the world, that this is a struggle. You could, you could be like, well, my husband's freakish and I'm out of here. But I mean, good luck finding that man who doesn't struggle with that mm-hmm. in some level. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you might find one who isn't regularly partaking in it, but uh, they're still going to be tempted with looking at other women and having to continually like keep their mind pure and stay in the word and bounce their eyes off of things they shouldn't be looking at and making good choices. I mean, it's, it's this the world is so full of it. It's right. everywhere. Well, I think actually now it's the opposite. I think that a lot of people, um, a lot of women might say like, or men would be like, all guys look at porn. Right. You know, it's becoming right. like that, yeah. like a flip side. Right. Like it's actually like an odd thing if you don't. Like yeah. yep. we've had, we've talked. Um, I can't remember who it was, but you know, in conversation with like not um, like our church family, but like I don't know, top yeah. of cup. But basically, it was like everyone looks at that. Yeah. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. you know I, what I mean? So yeah. I think it's actually becoming like the polar opposite mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. it used to be so shameful and like. I mean, not that it's not shameful, but, like, it used to be so hidden. People were secretive right, and taboo. Right. Yes, taboo is the word I was looking for. And then now it's, like, actually, like, on the flip side, right. it's becoming so normalized yeah. and fine that, like, I feel like there's so many women um, that are just told that. They have to accept it. Yeah, that, well, all guys do that. Right, every right. Good luck finding yeah. a guy that doesn't because every guy does that. Yeah. There aren't guys that don't do that, you right. know? And I'm sure there's lots of women out there that are like, well, that's just, he does his thing, and then I don't, you know, I'm off the hook, and my my sister was that way. She's not married anymore. But, (laughs) you know, I remember that, and being like, oh my goodness, that's so sad to me, Uh that that's part of your marriage. Don't you want that? Yeah. 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 Want him to desire you, just like he wants you to desire him. Right. So I take it, like, ten steps further, and... um, funny i i actually like for the first time met my husband or really knew who he was at hooters sitting across from him at hooters when we were in college but ironically over the years it was just and this is me knowing god and whatnot but i was like eric when you go to places like hooters or if there's a bachelor party and there's a strip club involved like that i feel like that's disloyal to me disloyal i feel like it's dishonorable to me and I mean, for the most part, as far as I know, he's stayed away from those things, except when he got kind of tricked in at work. <laughs> he's going to laugh when he hears this. But but I'm not afraid. I am a, I'm, I'm pretty strong-willed, strong-minded. I'm not afraid to step in, but I do feel different because even like a lot of our friends' kids, like they go to Hooters for their son's, their 11-year-old son's birthday party. And I'm sitting here going, really? Like, I feel like the crazy prudy one. I don't know how I ended up getting there, but, but I am, and I'm sticking firm to it. And I think, and I, I believe that I feel like it is dishonorable when men go to those places. And what are we doing to raise these kids? You want to raise them a certain way, yet you're doing these things or you're watching these sitcoms that practically have porn in them, you know, and your kid might stumble into seeing that. So anyways, that's my two cents. Mm. (laughs) Well, and even so, I mean, I try to think about what I'm watching, what I'm putting in my mind, even though I don't personally struggle with that. I I think God wants us to always question mm-hmm. what we're, yes. you know, put no vile thing before our eyes. And so, you know, I mean, I think we should all be thinking twice, like, not just if my kid came in and saw this, but hey, Jesus is here with me. How does he right. feel about this? Right. 
So yeah, and and ours might be a little different. Um, you know, our our shows or whatever. Like, I think girls tend to maybe your show's more like gossipy or something. Maybe not necessarily like right. you know, because that's not necessarily a trap. But they're equal. So if we're expecting you know one thing out of our husbands, but yet we're not holding ourselves to that same standard, then you know. Um, but yeah, I think we do have to always be mindful and just like the narrative of like what you're hearing or, um, I don't know. I feel like this is so silly. Um, but when you're watching shows where it's like, you know, they're all like, I don't know, the guy's getting with this girl and then they're together, but then, oh, this girl comes in and likes, it's like, okay, that can get in our heads too. And then like, have us like paranoid or thinking that I don't know you know what I mean like there's just like all types of like different ways that might not blatantly be um you know a sex scene right but there you know it could be different or you know or I'll throw a pouty baby fit if Eric if I see a scene coming on and I always look away and he doesn't I will throw a pouty baby fit (laughs) I, I I know it's something that all men struggle with, so it's, I'm not going to be naive there, but I'm okay to, like, you know, say, like, or try to set some boundaries, or maybe it's helping your husband, you know, or helping him know that you have feelings, too. I have a question. So how do you know that when they struggle with that and they broke your trust there, even though your husband seems to be a little different in coming to you and, and confessing that, which I think is such a beautiful thing and even more beautiful that he helps counsel others and that he stepped in because, again, that... You know, that's the first biggest step and to say, I don't care what people think, but this is the problem yeah. I had and mm-hmm. to go further and try to help people. I think it's such a beautiful thing that you two are doing. <laughs> but how do you, at the, at the time when he was struggling with this, how do you differentiate the fact that are you seeing other people? Like, doesn't that creep in? And how, how do you know that that's not happening? Um, yeah, I guess I never really questioned that. I don't believe um, I do remember when, like the fifteen year mark, when he we went to the, he went to that that big change happened in him. Um, asking him and saying, "Just tell me everything. Tell me every pl- thing you've done. I don't want to hear in a month. Oh yeah, there was this other thing. And mm-hmm. I just want to know it all. And that yeah. was just what I had a need for. Some women don't want to know. Right. But he had told me, I think up front early on that it, there was nobody else involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I didn't question that mm-hmm. maybe because he was home most of the time. Whereas yeah. if he had been gone a lot mm-hmm. or something, I'd right. be like, but I didn't see where he would have time to do that. Um, something that you said there made me think, that was really important was him confessing his sin um, publicly to and not being afraid. You know, he's this doctor in the community and yeah. like and an elder at our church. Yeah, like, and it was like was a say. humbling thing for him oh, yeah. to have to bring that to the light. But when he did, that was part of the healing. That yeah, was part right. of it. And like he told his mom he did he did not want to tell her and she said because she put him on a pedestal and and um she's like i could have gone to my grave without you telling me that son (laughs) (laughs) and he was like thanks mom (laughs) so um but he he has he's there's nobody he wouldn't tell like he's not afraid to tell anybody and i mean that was part of what gave him that freedom what helped him out of it instead of trying to hide it. Oh, 
Yeah, when Samantha, um, we we were going to pull you in to try to talk about how is mom life with 10 kids, and then Samantha said, well, hold on, I think we have another topic. I just, initially, I was just shocked, like, oh, and your husband's okay with you talking about this freely? And then, again, like you said, I think it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful when people have these testimonies, and then you can just point right back to God, how they got through it, and then what you guys are doing. Again, it's not enough even to walk through it yourself, but to even try to help other people. Um, so I just, I, I know that God loves those that are humble and hard, mm-hmm. and, and that's who he chooses, you know? And so many people, like myself included, would be just way too prideful, you know, mm-hmm. um, to admit a struggle. And then when we do, and that's what we're trying to do in the community, just be super vulnerable and uh, definitely not portray something that we're not and, and, you know, say, hey, we all fail, mis- you know, have mistakes, sin and all these things. But that is on another level. So I super, super commend you and him for what you've been doing. Well, I mean, I kind of think that's like the most beautiful thing about our walk with God. And that's how God uses us the most. I mean, look at Paul. Like, he was a terrible person, a murderer. Um, But what did that do? It allowed him to have so much grace. And I think that when you have failed, maybe we all fail equally as bad, but some might look better on paper or whatever. You know, some some sins more appealing or (laughs) whatever, like... Um, but when you have that and you're so humble and, um, you, you're open about that, man, God can just pour into you and like, you're just a vessel. And I just feel like that's like what we're supposed to be. It's not this, I'm a doctor or I'm this, or like this uppity thing of like prestige or, you know, whatever with our walk with Christ. It's like, no, we're all like nothing. Like mm-hmm. we are all deserving of help, but God. Right. And so I think that if more Christians are like that, God could be, you know, move so much more in people's lives if they just opened up those raw places. So I Mm -hmm. think that it's amazing that. And I think it, it helps like for him to talk to other men about where they're at. He can share the things that have helped him, Yeah, but it also spurs him on to continue on that journey. Kind of like the marriage thing. Like when we do marriage ministry when we counsel couples or have like a marriage small group it strengthens our marriage yeah because we we might be a little further down the road but we're still struggling and doing you know things and and learning and growing and you know we're committed but like my husband said um you know we're basically stuck with each other but we can have a mediocre marriage or we can have a great marriage and we want to work on having a great marriage so um we try to do marriage things to help our marriage. So like sharing your sin and whatever struggles you have with others is what I think part of what God wants to do as a body of believers, you know, to spur each other on. Yeah, definitely. We actually did, me and Nikki are in a life group or what we call small group. um, And there was a, a podcast that we had listened to and she talked like, my job is not only to be his wife, but I'm also his sister in Christ. And so sometimes, like, they had this thing where he'd be like, "I need you to, I need to talk to my sister in Christ," like, not as a, um, uh, as my wife, but I just need, and you know, that's so beautiful if you can look at each other as like salvation and think like, "This is my brother in Christ," and like, right. an outward advice um, to give them and not let it be so personal. Right. Right. Yeah. 
You said you have um, touched on this um, deep topic with some of your children. Is there an age where you can start that at or any advice for those that haven't you know, even really talked about it. We just kind of gotten through the sex talks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, for us, we do a, it's called Passport to Purity, and we do that whenever we feel like it's time with our kids. Um, I just did it with my daughter who was 10 last summer because she started her menstruation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> You're too young. So we had to do that. Um, and we start the conversation there as far as um, some of these topics. But before that, we we have somewhat sheltered them as homeschooling, you know, yeah. so they we haven't had to um, get into all of it. But we tell them, you know, there are things on the internet that are, are not good, you know, that are going to hurt you. And you can't discern those things necessarily yet. So we're going to not allow you to do this or that Mm -hmm. or, you know, we're going to monitor things. And so, um, you know, we just we have certain things that we just don't let them do. You know, they don't get their own phone. And once they do, once they're able to afford their own phone and they want to get it, which is probably around 15, um, then we put those restrictions on. And so we try to like really not allow them to have any access, but we also talk to them about like, if anybody ever shows you anything and we've even done, you know, if anybody ever shows you pornography and you come and tell me uh, where you get $500, you know, or something like that, you know, um, that wasn't our original idea, but we've heard that, uh, (laughs) you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, actually, <laughs> no one's ever come to us with that. I think I we've told only... them we'd split it fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think we've only offered that the last couple kids, so mm-hmm. it's still a new thing. But and we probably need to remind them. But you know, I mean, it's yeah. worth it mm-hmm. yeah. if they come to you and say, "Someone so showed me this or mm-hmm. started to," and I turned away because I knew it was wrong, yeah. and I uh, just wanted to let you know. <laughs> Yeah, where's my five hundred? <laughs> uh, do I get five hundred? So yeah, um, are you an expert or a resident expert on the uh, software tools out there, like the Bark and like what you were saying? Have you looked through all of them? Are there one? Is the one you're using what you'd recommend? Um, I've heard of Covenant Eyes for years and years, and a lot of people do recommend that one. I didn't like it because, or I didn't want to do it because it was like a monthly fee. I think mm-hmm. I did actually pay a one-time yearly fee. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I didn't. I was, af- I was kind of afraid that it wouldn't block things. It would just report, mm-hmm. and I needed something that blocks, and mm-hmm. it did. It does block things. So. Um, I'm still like setting it up on some systems because I have the overlap with the Net Nanny. So, um, I, you know, Net Nanny, I feel like has done okay, but um, I still feel like I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 100%, you know. So I think that that's the thing. You can't put too much trust yeah. in in any kind of software because kids today are savvy and they're going to figure out a way if they really want to but it's more like the heart like right. what are you going to try to li- live a pure life and follow christ and deny yourself and you know yeah. all that stuff you need to teach into them so mm-hmm. yeah and you know you have the marriage bed that's you know that's what it all 
is meant for, right? right? And if right. you do it in the right order that's and you don't right. start too soon with the temptation yeah. too soon, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know. And actually our kids have all gotten married pretty quickly out of high school and other people are like, well, oh, that's so young and why, you, you know, almost like, why are you letting them do it? Not that we let them, mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're, yeah. they are over 18, but we encourage them because we don't want them to have sex before yeah. marriage. We want mm-hmm. them to stay pure. And if they have to wait five years, that's mm-hmm. going to be a real mm-hmm. challenge. And yeah. they probably won't make it, right. even as Christian as they can yeah. be, you yeah. know? That's so I just, I'm like, you know what? If you put Christ at the center of your marriage, you could pretty much live with anyone, you yeah. know? I mean, you Great. can make it work with more than just one or two people out there like you could probably make it work with many people but and i'm not, i mean some people believe god has that perfect one but i i do think that if you put christ at the center he'll lead you and you can right. who he brings to your life so right. um yeah and i i'm also pro like marriage young because i think um our like nowadays people get married so late in life and people are really struggling to find someone and I think that there's a beauty of being young and growing together and Mm -hmm. like I think that um, maybe now what's going on is maybe people are too set in their ways and then you get picky over stuff that really doesn't matter or nowadays you know well we should live together to see if it's gonna work and that's not at all how God Mm -hmm. God planned it and yeah those those situations usually don't work out so yeah Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there any last thing that you want to say to a woman that's maybe going through this or any any last tips or anything? I would just say find someone you can talk to about it because that is you need that encouragement. You don't go alone. Don't try to just hide it and be embarrassed, but just share with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Can we say on here that if someone's going through this, that they could message you or oh, reach sure. out to you? Yeah, another sure. woman? I've, I've met with several women, young women, who I didn't ever meet before and, and meet with them and just give them encouragement. Usually doesn't it, it's not a continual ongoing right. relationship, but just pointing them in some directions, directions. to help them. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd be totally fine with that awesome well thank you so so much for your rawness and vulnerability and um i know that there's going to be a lot of women that can relate to this um yeah so before we close though the most important question of the day oh yeah what are you having for dinner (laughs) i forgot about that i actually was thinking about that um because i was on the way before i was here part of the reason i was running a little late is um i was trying to get together a beef stew in the instapot I've never yeah. done one, and so I'm giving that a try. So that's what I'm having. That's yeah. on Jimmy for for the only the six kids at home. Yeah, you act like it's like only, only six kids. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal. It, well, it, it feels like I, it. My hands are. Life is light now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have six, but I've got what three teenagers. So half the time they're yeah, not they're always yeah, there. Right. So there's Wednesday nights. It's just two. <laughs> I, might I add that I know several of her kids closely like she has the most amazing kids like you can just tell that you and James are amazing parents because like your kids are truly just awesome kids all um strong in their walk with Christ and just really we are blessed I don't good know kids how. God's grace um, and anyone who knows you because we just spoke to Nancy earlier uh-huh. today anyone who knows you because I've now met you but I've heard other people talk about you including Samantha 
she is just so patient. She is amazing. Like that is what you're known as. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how. Maybe they need to come to my house, <laughs> watch my camera. There are times when I am not so patient. Yes. No, it's funny because like I'll, yeah. I'll share this. I told Nikki like when I first met you. I don't know why. Not in a judging way. I guess like the persona. Like everyone gets an idea of who they think someone is, and I just pictured you as like. Type A, uh, very scheduled, oh, yeah. like very like to the T, you know, um, and it's totally opposite. No, now that yes. I've gotten to know you, she's like a free spirit. <laughs> yes. and like, I am totally not yes, that I'm way. A, I call myself a creative. I was like, you know, big into art growing up and I'm, I love, I still love being very creative and, and many endeavors in my life. So I am not that homeschooling mom that's like, <laughs> boom, 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 everybody up and, you know, yeah. let's go and schedule. And yeah, I make a schedule and I never follow it. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Which is funny. Like, in a perfect world, this would be my schedule. Mm-hmm. But then like day one, I don't follow it. Day two, I don't follow it. <laughs> so. Which I love because at first I was like a little intimidated and then it got to know you more and I'm like, oh, she's like me. Like, this is comforting. Like, we're yeah. just like, go with the my flow. Son said yeah. this morning he was talking about his uh, special friend and he's like she's just like you mom she lays all her work out on her desk like like it's a mess and I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't think of that way uh, thank you but, yeah, yeah I'm like okay I see how I'm perceived <laughs> probably true I love but. it yeah. um okay Nikki what are you having for dinner <clears throat> uh shredded chicken from a can <laughs> taco salads nice. it was like a question Oh. <laughs> yes. So we have yes. uh, Okay, I, what are you having? I'm going to have banh mi bowls tonight. They're one of our favorites. It's, it's I think I made them for you. It's rice um, with ground beef and you, you sesame seed oil, ginger, soy sauce. It's like an Asian twist on it and you put it over the rice and then we chop up baby cucumbers, a bunch of them, and then make... Uh, spicy mayo drizzle that on with like a bunch of cilantro isn't she so annoying i hate her (laughs) everything but the bagel seasoning no but okay it sounds fancy but it's like so easy to throw together and it's delicious you were gonna come over and make it um but we never got around to it i got the meat and i don't know something happened i think you canceled (laughs) whatever (laughs) no they're really good fast easy and delicious Okay, we'll do a video on it. Or you do a video on it. I think I will. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, this was a good episode. See you next time, mamas. <laughs> That's it. Yay. <laughs>